Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Andre from The Mental Health, and I'm here with Ruben van Beek from the Trimbos Institute in Holland, who's just been speaking about a really interesting piece of research using ecological momentary assessment to measure uh, substance use in a nightlife setting, part of the Alarma Nightlife Project. Um, tell us a bit about this work, Ruben. Yeah, so what we've seen over the last couple of years is that, especially in the Netherlands, we've been hearing back from people saying uh, there's lots of studies about single substance use, so ecstasy, cocaine, or other stimulants. Um, but we are seeing that people are combining these substances more and more. So we even hear from, from people, security people at dance events, that they used to, if they found some drugs on someone, it was usually one drug, like two ecstasy pills or something. And over the last years, they've been... Uh, finding bags with like three, four, five different substances. Apparently, people are using all these substances um, at events, and especially with the um, rise of substances like GHB and ketamine in combination with other drugs, it's really hard um, if people have an incident or they report at first aid stations to to help them because they have conflicting life signs, uh, vital signs. So it's hard for them to know what to do with these people. And there's not much literature on specific combinations and there's not much known about the order in which people are taking these different drugs. So um, that's why we thought we should look at these combinations of drug use and, and try to chart them to start with. And ecological momentary assessment is a kind of um, cool phrase in mental health research at the moment, basically using mobile apps to gather data from people. So tell us a bit about how it actually worked. Yeah, so we started out with a bunch of questions and we soon realized that we wanted to have to send out different questionnaires at different points during the week we wanted to know something about um, the weeks after use if people were feeling tired or, or, or unmotivated uh, but we also wanted to measure substance use within the night the, the order I just described we also wanted to see um, looking at tobacco EMA studies can we predict uh, substance use based on variables or questions prior to uh, to use um, so we had a bunch of questions and then we started thinking about okay so yeah when are we going to send them out exactly you look at different uh, EMA studies and um, yeah we did an extensive pilot study and we refined the app after that as well and then you kind of end up at an app which is uh, users like to use it and they think it captures most of the things they feel it should capture although we had, especially in the pilot as well people came back with ah, but I, f I do feel tired today but there's no variable in the survey right now to capture the reason why I am ha uh, because I, I had a very intense sport match yesterday and it doesn't capture that so there's still this this even though we feel we cal captured a lot uh, participants still felt that it didn't capture everything If I've got this app on my phone, yeah. I'm just from the perspective of a user. Yeah. Um, I'm going out this weekend to, to a party. Um, tell me a bit about the, what happens on my phone and what data you capture and then how you're using that for research purposes. Yeah, so we try to, for the sake of privacy, uh, collect as little information as possible. There's also EMA studies that capture your location, sound levels, uh, so basically all the time. Uh, but we didn't feel that was necessary for the questions that we had. 
Um, so we just basically within the app, we only capture basically the participant number and the responses on the uh, on the questions that we asked. Um, because otherwise, especially in other countries like the UK, potentially, because we can re track li real life what people are doing, uh, if, if the police sees the data, they can actually find the location of a drug user while they're using drugs. So that's something that we really didn't want to do. So we captured as little as possible and people were just getting these notifications on their smartphone like you would get a notification from WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever. Uh, and then your phone would buzz or uh, make a sound according to your own settings. And then you had uh, for the weekend or the, the, the surveys during the night out, you had two hours to answer those questionnaires. Um, and for the, the ones during the week, you had... Uh, no, actually the ones in the weekend, you had 30 minutes to answer, but the rest of the ones that were on the Saturday and Sunday and during the week, you had two hours to answer. Um, yeah, you just basically click through it. It's very intuitive. It just the question is five-word question, and there's a response button, and you just click away. And uh, especially after a couple of days, people were really fast at, at completing the surveys. Um, so you're capturing how much of different drugs I'm taking at different times through the night, so like 10 a.m. or midnight, or 2 a.m. or 4 a.m., and that then gives you a picture of drug usage, which which you do what with? Because presumably that's a whole lot of data that you need to then analyze. Yeah, so that's exactly what we're trying to figure out now. I mean, are we going to focus on first on, on ecstasy users? What was our, our primary uh, interest was these ecstasy users because they make up the bulk of drug incidents in the Netherlands. But we quickly found out that I mean, there are a lot of ecstasy events within our study, but there's also a lot of people using cocaine, not using ecstasy or combining that with other substances. So this is something that we are thinking about now, like to what, what will be the scope and what is the aim and, and how do we analyze that so that we still haven't uh, figured it out completely. I'm really interested also in how that data could then be used from the user's perspective as a kind of self-care or self-management tool, you know, just having the ability to look back over the last six hours and see what I have taken is quite useful, isn't it? Yeah, so th this is something that we, I think we consider this very early on, that this could be a stepping stone to some sort of uh, EMI, which also exists, like ecological monetary uh, interventions. Um, we, of course, we are in close contact with the harm reduction uh, and prevention um, departments within the Trimbos as well. And they said, like, even if you give back uh, participants like their drug use and their scores on these mood skills over the week they'll be able to see that they don't feel so good in the first couple of days of the week do they really want to and just making your behavior salient more salient than it is when you're just living about may actually already uh, influence behavior a lot so that's definitely something that we are considering but i think we need to first analyze this data and really model it well so we can kind of know where the, the, the hooks are uh, to base this intervention on. But there are, well, we also noticed, it was pretty funny, the, the experiment ran for 35 days or five weeks. There's quite a lot, like 30% of the respondents continued using the app just because they wanted to, to, to have, I don't know, yeah, we don't really know why they were doing it, but usually when you stop a study, people stop responding, but, but people didn't re stop responding. So I think that's already indicative of uh, some sort of, um, yeah, 
need that people feel to to have this insight.